You might know her as the Allison Show because Allison has the ability to electrify a room in a matter of seconds, inspire change that shifts the whole course of someone's life in just one workshop day. But today, I sit down with my friend Allison Faulkner, who I've known since college, and we dive deep into her emotional and physical healing journey after being hit by a car a year and a half ago. Allison shares with me what she's done to heal, how she copes with hard things in life, and what she's learned about service and how to best help others in their greatest hour of need. You guys, I'm so, so excited to have my larger-than-life, dynamic, amazing, hilarious, inspiring, just super amazing friend, Allison from The Allison Show, on the podcast today. Say hi, Allison. Oh, hello. You're so sweet. Thank you, Corinne. Seriously. I, I, love, just, you. I love you, too. I love you so much. <laughs> and Allison and I have known each other since college, since our days yes. back at BYU. <laughs> and has she always been as fun and as amazing and crazy and hilarious? The answer is yes. Oh, well, thank you. So, yes. I have I have always been this crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> She's so much fun. Like, you can't be in a bad mood around Allison. It's just impossible. Oh, but I can be so. in a bad mood. I will say, though, that sometimes when I'm in a really bad mood, I'm, I, I, that's when I'm the most fun. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I've never well, seen no, that. Really. But really, she's always so fun and just super inspiring to me. So she's got a lot going on, a podcast and courses and all the things. So I'm going to have her tell you guys what she's all about. Oh, well, yeah, it's, isn't it such a good question when people are like, what do you do? Yeah. And you're like, you know, they're just asking to be like polite. So you just want to give like a quick, polite answer. And so what I like to say is like, I do things on the internet. Like, are you familiar with the internet? Have you heard of it? (laughs) Have you heard of it? The worldwide internet, www. And then if they need more than that, you know, I go, um, mostly I focus on personal and business development. And so the Allison show focuses on helping people, um, just feel as awesome as they are. And I do that through my awesome with Allison podcast. I have a membership program called awesome on demand. I have my Instagram where, you know, just try to share fun things. The Instagram is the Allison, the Allison show. show. And then I also have, so so part of, you know, feeling as awesome as you are is then very often in life, we have things we want to do. We have something we want to build. And it doesn't have to be a business necessarily, but I love the idea of if you have a message, an idea, something that you want to get out there, something that's in your heart, I know how to help you do that. I've been building my platform for over 12 years mm-hmm. and it didn't come easy. It didn't happen overnight. There was like, I and I've done a lot of like kind of pivoting, lots of pivoting. And so I created Allison's Brand School and Allison's Brand School enables entrepreneurs or project starters to do what they feel called to do. So I just launched a second podcast called Business Therapy where I do coaching and I also have a workshop. I have online courses. We have uh, another live event about Instagram coming up. So they, they go hand in hand because basically I just like to trick people into thinking thinking we're going to talk about business, but I'm like, but why do you want to do this business? No, but we get into, we get into brass tacks too. So you're very good at pulling out what the potential of what people have inside of buried deep inside of their soul. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And then because again, because I've been working online for so long, um, I really believe in, you know, being really smart and tactical about marketing and sharing, like I'm really into messaging, 
right? Like, like whether that is the messaging from your heart about your family or the messaging about your business. Like I've been helping my husband, Eric, with his music subscription business last night and, you know, just helping communicate that message clearer. And I think that's why I also like um, understanding yourself more. It helps you communicate your message clearer. It helps you connect to people more. So it really is all the same thing. Yeah. No, it it does. It all has a common theme. Yeah. So really everything that you do has a common thread of just helping people find who they really, like what they really want to do in their gut, right? Yeah. I think what it boils down to for me, honestly, like at the end of the day, I've been doing a lot of exercises lately where... I really like to come back to like, what do I want? Like, what do I really Mm -hmm. want? Because it's really easy when you're growing a business or you're growing a family or whatever you're growing to get focused on the growth and to get focused on the goals that you set, the trajectory that you set. And you can achieve that trajectory or that, or maybe that goal starts feeling hard. And I like to go back to what do I actually want to do? What do I, what do I really, not even what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And what do I really want? And really, truly, Corinne, I think, you know, and this is where we align is at the end of the day, I just, I want to relieve suffering in any way that I personally can. I want to use my personal talents Mm -hmm. and my experience So again, that's also very specific. Some people want to relieve that. Doctors want to relieve suffering, but they're doing it in an entirely different way, right? I like teaching a lot. I like creating messages and content a lot. And I like teaching and taking my experience to help relieve suffering, especially suffering that I have empathy for. So suffering that I have empathy for is mental suffering, emotional suffering, anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide. Definitely wouldn't say that like I'm an addict, but I have a highly addictive personality. So I resonate. I love the messages of AA. I use the AA 24 hour a day meditation book often. And And then the other thing I have a lot of empathy for is feeling called to do something, feeling called to build something and feeling not qualified or unsure of how to do it. And that's why I love teaching that because it has caused me so much emotional, mental, like anguish and uh, lots of other people, lots of other people too, you know, when you're trying, (laughs) when you're trying to build something and you feel like you should do it and you can't figure it out, you feel crazy. You know? Yeah. And so that's that's really what I like to do. And and that's what I coach in, especially when I'm talking to people about building their businesses, is I really believe most of us are trying to give what we need or what we want or what we wanted in some form. Yeah. Even yeah. and I had a guy one time he was like, Well, what if I like sell frisbees? And I'm like, nope, there's still a way if you sell Frisbees, like you wanted freedom, you know, like we can get down to the psychology of it. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're in some way always trying to fulfill some core fundamental need, but we don't have to go into that psychology yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's a good segue into when you were talking about, you know, helping relieve people's pain. So we are going to talk about an experience that you had where you learned a lot from, yeah, something traumatic that you went through. So yeah. So Allison was in a car accident. Um, how long ago was it? Not a car accident. Sorry, an accident where a car hit you as a pedestrian, which is different oh, no, than no, a no. car accident. 
about a year and a half ago, I went for a run. So it was December of 2017. So it was December 20th. So it was basically almost 2018. And I went for a run and I got hit by a car while I was running. And uh, I actually haven't like, so it's a year and a half later. I have a doctor's appointment, like a surgical consult. I don't, not like it's going to go in that direction, but I just like have to do the consult possibly. But yeah, right. It's still a year and it's a year and a half later. I broke two ribs, a vertebrae, my head cracked open and man, it's just funny how those things that are so quick really affect your life. Yeah, seriously. So it happened happened so fast. I, honestly, so you were like, what? What was your like headspace? The like as you left the house that day to go on this run. So it was a busy day, and I use running as one of my primary tools to help with my anxiety and depression. Mostly anxiety um, is what I suffer with, and so. I do something called a gratitude practice that, uh, well, a gratitude practice is something that everybody can do, but I've, I have the, I have a free one on my podcast, a gratitude practice, and I shared this format that I do and I love to do them on a run or on a walk when you're moving your body. You don't have to, you could be cleaning your house. And so this was um, a habit that I was really, really good at in 2017 and did almost every single day is I knew I was really stressed. I was really overwhelmed. And I had this huge meeting, one of the biggest like meetings of my life with the biggest contract I had ever gotten. And it was Christmas time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's five days before oh, yeah. Christmas. Yep. And that is like and- just insanity for everybody. Yeah, and so it, it and it was crazy because I had landed this contract and it was this huge blessing for my family. It was going to be a year-long contract and we we're trying to squeeze things in before the end of the year. So that's why I was having this meeting on December 20th in Salt Lake. And so I was like, I'll go for this run, I'll calm down, I'll do my gratitude practice, mm-hmm. I'll get like centered, and then I'll go and I'll make this I'll make cookies to take to the people as a Christmas present. So I was going to finish making my cookies. I'd already done half of them, so I have half done cookies. And um, I'll go for a run. And then I'll go to the meeting and I went for the run and I got hit. And as I was laying on the ground, unable to move, bleeding, watching blood pool around my head, literally my first thought was, it's not that much blood. I can probably still make my one o'clock meeting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I just really didn't get it. And I think that's something, you know, I've been thinking about it like it's a year and a half later. And the accident has affected my, it's affected my life so much. And it's also not affected my life. Mm -hmm. I think like any trauma or any accident. And it was interesting because I was talking to some of Eric's friends who haven't seen me in a long time. And they're like, well, the accident wasn't that bad, right? Because like, I see you up and about. (sighs) And, And I get that because if you're watching online, it was like, it looks like I took like maybe a month or so off. And then I had a workshop in March and I was traveling in 2018. I literally probably went to a different city, like two to three times a month. Yeah. What people didn't, but like I provide for my family. Yeah. Right. And, and so I just kept going on muscle relaxers, on painkillers. I just kept going. And then every minute I wasn't working, I was in bed. 
Like mm-hmm. literally every minute I wasn't working, I was in bed. Well, then how did that affect this year? I realized maybe I didn't have to be in bed so much, but my habit was now. So my sister-in-law the other day was like, what do you do for dinner? And I'm like, all of my habits, like all of my healthy habits got jacked up. Yeah. Right? Like all of my systems, all of my routines, like relationships with friends, calling people on the phone, like emotionally and mentally, I couldn't do anything. Because you're in survival mode. Because I was just surviving. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will relate to this where, where then over a year later, we're like, I'm like, okay, like I can start to do a little bit more. You then can start to get really depressed, which I did. I got very, very depressed because I like almost like you're I, like, like, I should be fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I should be fine. And it can be very triggering for me when like I have to go to this appointment today. I don't tell anyone. I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I'm like I, I was talking to my friend Ashley. You had her on the podcast, Ashley yeah. Rose Reeves. And she's like, well, we have an event tonight that we're doing. I mean, we're hosting a party for 100 people. And so, so she, I'm like, I just got to go to this consult really quick and then I'll be at the event. And she's like, well, tell me about it. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to. Don't like I. <laughs> because so it's like this idea of I, I'm going about my life. And sometimes if I, if I have to go to physical therapy or I have to do these things where I feel like the accident is slowing me down and it's pulling me, I get mad. Then I get yeah. kind of mad about it or defend, like annoyed and I don't want to talk about it as, as much. But I'm, I feel like I'm in a good place now where I started focusing on small habits and different things like that. Whereas before I really was in this, de- this deeper place of depression where... You go through a trauma, whatever it is. You don't have to be hit by a car. You lose a loved one. You get sick. You have a baby. I mean, totally. having a baby Even is having a traumatic. A baby. Having a baby is a traumatic event, mm-hmm. period, period. Whether the pregnancy is traumatic or the birth is traumatic or adjusting to life with the new person totally. is traumatic or adjusting to your relationship with your partner can be traumatic, right? There's mm-hmm. so much trauma around babies. I mean, right. <laughs> Even if you had like a pretty quote-unquote normal pregnancy and birth, like just the fact that your body like grew a human and now doesn't have that human inside and yeah. you have this little thing that cries every 30 seconds and you're like just trying to figure out how to be in a different type of survival mode, totally. It takes a long time to feel normal. And what can happen is we give ourselves these these deadlines. I really thought it all I had to do after I got hit was like make it a year. Mm-hmm. Like I just I, I don't know I don't know why I gave myself that deadline, but I I think a lot of people do. I know yeah. like my sister-in-law who lost her son, you know that year you're like I just got to get through the year. I just have to make it to that anniversary. Yeah. And then that anniversary comes up and I was so shocked at how many weird psychosomatic like PTSD like I would be driving and I would just start hysterically crying and I it wouldn't be a conscious thought it wouldn't be like something happened it would be like something subconscious Mm -hmm. and I've just never experienced that before. Usually I'm, I get worked up or I'm anxious or I can like logically tell you why I'm having an anxiety attack. But that just like hits you out of nowhere. Yeah. And, 
And I really, I think that's, that's the thing. And I, I, I went to a great trauma therapist and I think that's one of the things about trauma is what trauma does is it gets stuck in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, like actually like physically stuck in your brain and there's just some like interesting things I'll say interesting some interesting things that can happen and the whole point of this is it's almost like embarrassing or there's shame around it because everyone else has forgotten that it happened yeah everyone else thinks you're fine or you should be fine you should or, be fine totally mm-hmm. and I, I was saying some I'm actually like more afraid in the street a year and a half later than I was like six months. There's some weird like fears that have like escalated. And so like I'm, I go running now. I, I can't run a lot without getting a lot of headaches, mm. but I do like the best I can. And so I'm able to run now, which I'm super, super grateful for that I'm able to run, but like I can't run on anything but a trail. Wow. You know, I can't. Because that's and, what and, feels better to you. Like, that's what feels yeah, safe and doesn't. Yeah, because I was, when up. I, when I was running in the street, the, the, the street didn't have sidewalks that I was running on. They're just these big wide shoulders. And I mean, it was just a fluke accident. And I see all these old people in my neighborhood <laughs> walking the same streets. And I'm like, they've been walking these streets for 60 years. And none of them got hit by a car. We're like, how did I get hit by a car? <laughs> Well, because you were supposed to learn something from this, you know, some type of compassion or understanding for others or, you know. And I definitely, like, I have a lot of compassion for emotional and mental suffering. And now I have a whole other degree of compassion for a, a little trauma and physical suffering, which is a whole, it's, I wouldn't say a whole different game, but another game, right? Yeah. An additional game. Yeah. You know, for there's, sure. There's some unique things about, but I think at the end of the day, the idea is you thought things were going to be one way and then they weren't. Yeah. And right. Then, Isn't that just um, how life goes? Uh-huh. And ju- then just how we as humans figure out what to do and that just goes so so I'm working on a book right now and that is one of the sections of my book is you thought things were going to be one way and and then they're not and then what what do you do with that right right Right. want to go back to like when that happened to you and what people did that helped you like what do you when you think about like gosh this person did this or like that meant a lot to me like what did people do for you that was really helpful I love that question so I'll always oh gosh I'm just like a little I think I'm getting my period so she gets a little weepy you're fine so Eric has a cousin and his wife, we're not super close with them. Like, I, I think I have her phone number, <laughs> right? That's how close we are with them. Yeah. And she sent this delicious meal, like, the day after I was hit. She just had a meal delivered. And she didn't ask if we needed a meal. She didn't ask. Uh, she just sent lunch. And 
it was an egg salad sandwich, and she doesn't know me, but I love egg salad sandwiches. And who who would have thought? That's the last thing in the world that I would think to send to someone. Right? It was this delicious, like, boxed lunch with, like, delicious sandwiches and a brownie. And, right, just like a boxed lunch. Mm-hmm. And it was, what it was about it was that she just took initiative and did something. Yeah. And with no expectation and like she didn't she wasn't there like here's the lunch let me watch you eat it and make sure this is what you need right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. She just sent a lunch and the best thing and so my my dad several years ago was diagnosed with terminal cancer and right before I got hit my sister-in-law lost her 3-month-old baby, my nephew. So I, we kind of had this boom, boom, boom of tough stuff. And I feel like I learned so much from, from that, from, from how, what people did for them. And then a lot of people close to me, I felt like were in like this incredible empathetic place to help and be helpful. Yeah. And, and so a lot of it is people reaching out and you reached out and people reaching out and just saying, how are you doing today is always a great one. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about you. And I think I think the thing that's the most helpful is when people offer support without any need of reciprocation from you. Yeah, because that can I feel really exhausting. Yes. That's to the feel common- like all these people want to help and I just don't have any extra energy to respond back to all of the people that want to be helpful. Helpful. And that's, that's I think, that's the underlying factor is the people who can help in a way that says, I'm here and I'm thinking about you, but, like, I literally don't even care if you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's especially for me because I put I put very, very high parameters on myself to respond and to behave in a certain social standard like at all times where I don't like let myself like break down right or or be rude and so like the people who are extra sensitive to that or extra accommodating to that it's like such a big relief for me right right so even even questions of how are you can be exhausting because you're like that's such a complicated question right now yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) And and so that's what I love. I heard this as some advice one time. Even the question of is how are you today? Yeah. Can can show that, that you are care- like so it's and and I've done that with you Corinne where I've I've without thinking said how are you and then I go no how are you right this minute? Yeah. Right? And and then you were able if you felt like it to give a really concrete answer. And so I even will do something like how are you right this minute? Either way, I'm just saying hi to say I love you and I'm thinking about you. Totally. Right? And that is that does feel so much more approachable. I approachable is the wrong word, but just like if it feels like there's less manageable pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because to because if you ask me that question, I'm like today this morning, I feel pretty good. But like how am I like we're still dealing with super heavy stuff with Neil's brothers yeah. passing and we're right in the middle of the murder trial and it, it is there are oh. some heavy, heavy days. Oh so my gosh. To say oh how gosh. are you? It's kinda like, well, it's like there's a lot, you know, but how yeah. am I today, like this morning at eight thirty AM? Like I feel pretty good right now, you know? So Yeah. 
Yeah, and I I think what that does too, from like a psychological standpoint, is especially when you're going through something hard, you just need to focus on being in the present moment. Yes, totally. That's it. That's that's literally all you can do is focus on being in the present moment. Which is what you were referring to earlier, like the AA one day at a time. Like that's really that's like we live by that. So yeah, that's so helpful when you're going through something traumatic. I think to just be like, hey, I I can make it through today and if today feels like too much like I can make it till lunchtime yeah or whatever you know just breaking it down to those like very manageable so I want to know like in those first few days too how you got through like the trauma and in the beginning like what that was like for you and how you walked yourself through so I think at first um I, I fought really really hard against relaxing into relaxing (laughs) Uh, because I had done a lot of work in the previous years on myself mentally emotionally physically and I thought I was in this incredible place and I was in this incredible place but what the accident helped me see was how incredibly harsh and demanding I still was and am on myself. Mm -hmm. The, like the level of pushing and striving and hustling and getting it done and really truly being disconnected from my physical body, which sounds crazy because I, it doesn't sound, but I spent, (laughs) I spent so much of, but I spent so much of 2017 working on my health and my fitness and running and eating so you think you're thinking about your physical body. No, you're not. You are forcing some sort of standard or some sort of expectations on your physical body. That does not mean you are connected. It's like nagging to your physical body. It's like nagging your husband rather than connecting with your husband. Wow. Right? Okay. So, so think of that relationship where you can, Eric and I recently went on an RV trip mm-hmm. and we were together all the time in the RV And then we come home and I'm just going to be super open. It's time to have sex because you've been in an RV, right? (laughs) And I don't feel connected to him at all. Even though we've been together. there? Oh, that's what I'm saying is because I was, (laughs) we were just doing the kids. We were just doing the family. Right. So it's that type. And literally, because Eric and I really do have such a good relationship where we connect all the time. Yeah. You guys do seem super connected. Oh, this is when people complain to me about not feeling connected to their husband. They've been doing that type of logistical relationship, mm-hmm. not where you're, they're like, yeah, I talked to my husband. I'm like, no, that's not talk. That's, that is giving directions and orders and logistics and negotiating. That is not actual connecting. So I think if you take that same parameter, cause I think a lot of people maybe can relate to that parameter. Yes. Take that same like parameter and apply it to your body. Mm-hmm. I think the relationship a lot of us have with our body is coercing, negotiating, logistics parameters. And, and that's not where you like, felt like you were at. Yeah. And so how did I get through it? I first had to just slow down. And that's, that's also something like I had been feeling distinct impressions right before I got hit to slow down. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was even on that run that day, I had walked about half of it because I was letting myself slow down. And really, like, like for me, slowing down looks like actually physically, like, getting ready slower. 
And that's what I've been focusing on. I've been feeling that need to slow down again recently. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take half an hour to get ready instead of 15 minutes to get ready. I'm going to, I'm going to leave myself an hour and a half to do this activity instead of the 30 to 40 minutes I usually leave myself. And we get so used to moving at such a fast pace, especially with small kids and a business and all the things we commit ourselves to. We forget and, and we there's such a badge of pride and honor in I'm so efficient. Like I can do everything so efficiently. I'm so busy. Right. Mm-hmm. And or I'm so busy. And for me, it's just been like literally like take 20 minutes to eat breakfast. Can you imagine if you actually took 20 minutes to eat breakfast? Yeah, no, I'm always like, how can I multitask while I eat, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it's been just like the the activities that I rush through as quick as I can, adding more space. So back, but back to your original question is I just had to relax. Like I literally just had to relax. And so I kept a gratitude journal and I was looking at it the other day and I just would write like my job is healing and I'm doing a really good job. Like, this is my job, like, and you're doing a really good job. And I would focus on, like, things that went well that day, you know, and just I I realized this. I watched a lot of – I bought – now you can get it for free on some platform, but I bought the, the series of ER, <laughs> like, with George Clooney. That's amazing. And, and I I have memories of it. sneaking into my mom's bedroom at night. And her going, this is a grown-up show. You can't watch this. Yes. (laughs) Because she would be watching ER. And now by today's standards of television, that's like such a mild nothing show. Do you know what I mean? Like, P.S., by the way, if you watch old television shows and compare them with the the pacing of like a Netflix show, all of our pacing is so fast today. It's It's so so true. It's so fast. It's so fast. It's It's so true. And even like I I rented a car last week and turned on the radio because I wasn't like connected to my Bluetooth. And it's kind of like gives me anxiety when you turn on the radio and they've sped up all the songs like just a little bit. And it's like, whoa, why does this need to be even faster? Why? Because our pacing is just so fast. And so I watched a lot of ER and I said to my mom, why do I want to watch ER? And my very wise mother said, well, you're normalizing your experience. And I realized because I was taken by ambulance and I didn't want to be taken by ambulance. And when you're taken by ambulance, then I, uh, when they got me in the ambulance, I passed out and then they take you by ambulance and they bring you in and they cut my clothes off and they transferred me from the gurneys and they wheel you around. I mean, like that in and of itself is like a pretty shocking, disorienting experience. Totally. You know? Yeah. And ER, basically every episode starts with them wheeling someone into the emergency room, transferring them over. Mm. And I think I shared that at one of my recent brand workshops, that idea of trying to normalize an experience. And a lot of people were like, it really like helped people realize, like, I think a lot of things we seek after or do can be Mm -hmm. trying to normalize an experience for ourselves. So even in a positive way, right, where a more effective way to create positive habits is to surround yourself with people who also participate in that habit. 
right? And and so it, like that was almost like what I was doing though. I was surrounding myself with you know, people on television. It was normal to go to the ER. Yeah. And and so that's not something I share that because that's not something that I consciously was like I'm going to normalize my experience. I allowed myself I, I, for some reason, I felt like I should buy ER. And for some reason, like, I, I think I just followed my intuition of, like, what I needed. Hmm. And it, it can be something as seemingly insignificant as a television show, right? Yeah. Or or reading a certain book. And, and one time after a therapy session with my trauma therapist, he's, it was a rough session. We did um, EMDR, you know, mm-hmm. with the eyes. Yep, I've done it before. Which is very helpful. I would definitely recommend that to to someone who's been in, um, had any sort of trauma. And at the end of it, he said, what do you, what do you feel like you need right now? And I was like, a Diet Coke. (laughs) And, and he was like, okay, what do you think that means? Like, what do you think Diet Coke means to you? I'm like, comfort. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, then go out and and not necessarily promoting that we should all be Diet Coke addicts like me, but like go out and do something. And again, that goes back to this idea of what is, like, what is your body telling you it needs? Mm-hmm. Comfort. Okay, like maybe that means putting on a more comfortable pair of pants, getting a more comfortable pillow. Like mm-hmm. we just so often don't even listen or pay attention. We're like, I just need to go do this next thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. So- Tell me what you feel like the most unexpected thing has been for you that that you've learned through all of this. I would say the most unexpected thing mm-hmm. would be how it helped me with my kids. Hmm. Tell me about that. So people were like, oh, this is really rough on your kids because they're used to me being so active and doing so much. And my kids freaking loved that mom was just in bed because <laughs> they they knew exactly where to find me and I was around. And I'd say the thing that it helped me, that benefits my kids and my family the most, the thing that it helped me do is it helped me learn how to be at home more. I don't love being at home. I've never loved being at home. Growing up, I was never hanging out around the house. On I don't hang out at the house. I go to the next activity or if I'm at the house, like, I don't know, like I just go and, and mm-hmm. lots, I would get home from work and load everyone in the car and go to a meal and go to an activity. I don't do well being at home, but with the ages of my kids and having three children, you have to be, at, you don't have to be, but it makes sense to be at home a little bit more. Yeah. And so that's been something that's kind of been difficult for me and learning how to be at home more. Yeah, I that, love that. And and be in my home and like I don't know what else was going to teach me that other than some sort of physical illness, right? Like Wow, yeah. Because you I just had to be at home. Now the bed has been like the bed has been the problem, meaning then my pattern became to come home and get in bed because my bed is the only place in my house that physically supports my neck in a way that feels good and relieves my neck pain. And so then I realized I'm like, wait, a year and a half later, I'm spending way more time in bed than I want to be spending in bed. Mm-hmm. So this, and and then, you know, all the shame and the, I'm just a lazy totally. person who sits in bed all day and then I'm depressed and then I'm just going to eat in my bed and all the <laughs> things. 
So what I've started now doing this year, the last several months, I've been focusing on how can I bring more activities and more more areas in my home that I want to spend time in other than my bed. So you know what I did, Corinne? Tell me. I bought a hot tub. <laughs> oh, hey, I am a huge fan of the hot tub. You know who's an even bigger fan than me is my dad. My dad, we had a hot tub growing up, and he that was just like his, I think because he was a really high-stress person and worked a ton, that was like his zen. It was like going out to the hot tub, just like yes. bringing a book out there, and just like chilling in the hot tub. So I'm a big fan of the hot tub. Well, and I just want to I just want to be super open with everyone. Like it was not for me at the moment I bought the hot tub a good financial decision. <laughs> like by all accounts, it was an irresponsible financial decision. I don't want people being like, "Oh, you, you know, yeah, good, go buy a hot tub." Like, no, I straight up prioritized my family, my mental, my emotional health, and I'm not saying I had to have this very extreme large purchase to do it. But I feel really good about it. Like, I feel really good about it. And it is, it goes back to that slowing down. And I I don't think I would have even enjoyed a hot tub a year and a half ago, honestly. Mm. But that's just, like, provided you some relief. Yeah. I started taking hot baths at night to help relax my muscles and to help relax my neck. And so I was taking all of these baths. The hot tub just, I kept having this thought, like, if I had a hot tub, we could do this. If I had a hot tub, we could do this. It's not like somebody I know had a hot tub or I saw, like, it really felt like it came out of the blue. So am I saying the hot tub was divine inspiration? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Hey. It, like, really kind of felt like it. And it was like, this is something that I can do with my kids. Hmm. This is a way for me to connect with my kids, to spend time with my kids in a scenario where I can be calm and I can be still. And It, it really has been that for us. It's only been several weeks. Um, but Eric and I go it out in the hot tub at night. And rather than being in my bed and watching TV or being on my phone trying to get work done, I'm in the hot tub for like half an hour, an hour before bed. And we, Eric and I are just talking. We're connecting. We're talking. Yeah. And so that's been my focus now is to, okay, now I'm in the habit of being at home and that's great, but I want to have a little bit more constructive, productive, not not productive, constructive home time. Mm -hmm. And how can I create some spaces in my home that are things that I like that work with my personality and work with my goals of who I want to be. And who I want to be is a person who knows the needs of my family and is in tune and connected with them. Yeah. So it's intentional, not productive. Just like, yeah, finding that intention. That's really cool. Who would have thought a hot tub of all things? <laughs> You're like, my greatest lesson of this is a hot tub. No, I'm just teasing <laughs> you. but. Lesson. But that's yeah. pretty great. I mean, seriously, I would never think of that. But it does make so much sense that that's giving you something to do with your kids at home. It's helping you physically. It makes all kinds of sense to me. And, like, why wouldn't Heavenly Father tell you to do that? I don't know. I feel yeah. like if, like, he, I love that part in the Bible where it's, like, if an evil person can give good gifts, like, if if us as, like, imperfect humans can give good gifts to our children, then, like, why wouldn't Heavenly Father be able to tell us exactly what we need? At all yeah. times. I love that. So, 
Not that I'm not like a script writer like your mom. I wish I knew where that exactly where that verse is. I don't, but she'll find it for you. She'll we'll find call it. Marilyn. She'll text yeah. us and tell us. She's yes. so amazing. Okay, so what do you feel like you wish people who were going through something like like what do you feel like people would have understood? And I like, we touched on this earlier, but like what would have been helpful to you for other people to understand while you went through this, or even as you're still going through it? Yeah, I think the idea of just being mindful of that trauma and tragedy and I used to always joke like you have a baby and everybody brings you meals and then the baby's like six to seven months old and they're so hard and I'm like I need meals now right (laughs) like I need my like my mom was in town and I was fine having takeout but like now with this six month old like I could use a meal now more than ever right so funny and I I think it's that same idea of just being really mindful that like when somebody loses their dad or somebody loses a child or a brother Mm -hmm. or somebody has a physical something come up, that doesn't go away, right? Like it's like, and so what I've been trying to do is on Father's Day or Mother's Day or different holidays that might be hard for people that I know to just think of like, just be prayerful of like who... Who is having sorrows that the eye can't see today? You know? And I'm not walking around like wishing anybody did that for me because I feel like a lot of people did do that for me. And I really was so... What's so cool about being the recipient, and that's another huge lesson is to learn how to receive. That's something that's very, very hard for me to learn how to receive and not just give because I really am great at giving and receiving is very difficult and humbling, really. It really is. And the the cool thing about being in the situation where where you are receiving a lot of help is you get to see different people's strengths. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's this woman who I know through my kid's school who, you know, like, our kids are on the same soccer team. I have her phone number. She's great. But she's the person who like asked if she could take my kids a lot. And like we're not and like that was like so helpful because you you know when you don't feel good, you're sitting there feeling so guilty that your kids don't have anything fun to do all the time. Yeah. And not like you have to be entertaining your kids, but like all the time like a cruise director, but like when you're literally so down physical or emotional, you're like it would be really great if the kids could go like to classic fun center. And go roller skating for an hour. Is that still a thing? Classic? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Classic Fun Center. Yes, I love Classic Fun Center. The rollerblading. Amazing. Yeah, they have rollerblading and they have, like, bounce houses, right? It's really fun. Shout out to Classic. But anyway, yeah, that is so true because, well, I love where you're going with that with, like, people kind of, first of all, I think people do kind of, like, they think about it right when the thing happens, whatever the thing is. And then, like, you get six weeks out, eight weeks out, a few months out, um, and it just gets harder. I feel like if anything, it gets harder and the need is maybe even more like once most people kind of start to forget and go back to real life. And I feel like you might even feel that way. Like you're going through a huge trial, like a, like an actual like legal trial right now with Neil's brother and people don't realize like there's still this whole big part of the trauma happening 
that's like really, really hard and heavy, but it's been how many months? Gosh, since January, so. Six, seven? Yeah, six months. Yeah. And it's like people start to forget. Yep. And that's okay. I don't think the idea is that we have to walk around all the time trying to remember everybody's specific thing. But I think we can, like, with the slowing down comes the space. And with the space comes Heavenly Father, who can I reach out to today? Mm -hmm. Right? With the space comes, I'm going to talk to Corinne. Oh, let me remember to ask this about Corinne. You know what I mean? Like, with the slowing down comes the intentionality, and with the intentionality comes that thoughtfulness, which really can just be so small on our part and mean so much to other people. And so that's what what I've seen the most is what I'm not good at. And what I don't necessarily do naturally is slow down, right, and remember details, (laughs) <laughs> like, and, and so, um, that's just been a great lesson for me. And I think it's something that all of us are really capable of. We don't have to be great at like bringing somebody a meal or, you know, doing this big out of the ordinary thing. I'm really good totally. at sending DoorDash. I'm really good at that. <laughs> like, I did that last night for somebody. I was like, I'm just going to send you a meal. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the biggest lesson is. There's no right or wrong time to be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to, yeah, I, first of all, yes, I totally agree with that. It's like, and probably when you think people need it the least, like later on, is maybe when they need it the most. Yes. And I love, yeah, I love what you're saying about like, it doesn't have to be something huge. And I want to go back to what you said just a minute ago, too, about, you know, just even thinking about who can I pray for. I want to touch on that too, because it's something that has been on my mind a lot this year. I feel like I used to, and I'm almost kind of ashamed to say this, but I used to think like, okay, like this tragedy happened in this part of the world or that horrible thing happened. And like, oh, let's all pray for them. And it almost used to feel like a little bit disingenuous to me. Like, is that really going to matter? You know what I mean? And I and it's not that I've ever questioned God or questioned, like, does prayer work? But, like, I just never wanted to be, like, kind of, like, cliche about it. But I, I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on this because my—I can only speak from my experience, but, like, we just have felt the, the like, how powerful that can be. Like, knowing that a lot of people are praying for you, it's a really powerful thing on the other end of, like, on the receiving end of that. And just knowing that that's a very, very real thing. And you really can feel when, when collectively, when a lot of people are praying for you to be uplifted. And, and um, so I just, since you touched on that before, what are your feelings about that? Um, I, I absolutely, more than ever before, uh, believe in the power of collective prayer and in praying for people specifically by name. Mm-hmm. And there are scientific studies done on like the actual physical energy change. There's an actual energy shift that happens when people pray. And and so when you if you don't even want to think of it from a faith-based place, right? If you want to think of it from like a quantum physics 
<laughs> with really from like atoms and energy um, mm-hmm. and and itty bitty molecules. When you're when a group of people are collectively praying for something, their intentions, their thoughts, their energy is focused in a specific way, and that energy can sh- like literally physically shifts things. And so the idea, I'm not even saying, and, and some people will take it this far, right? Like you can just like literally heal anything with prayer. Like, you know, like it, we're, I'm not even going there. I'm just going from like people who spend time focused in negativity are sicker. They're, um, they weigh more, like there's actual physical realities attached to the mental and emotional, Right. And when you think about that energy focus, when you are actually focusing focusing your energy on the positive things, you're focusing your energy on that, it changes the energy. Like mm-hmm. on a quantum physics level, it changes the energy. And so before, when people would say, like, I'm keep like I'm keeping you in my prayers, I could almost even do it like as like a, oh, I'm keeping you in my prayers, like meaning like right now you're in my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what I've challenged, what I've challenged myself to do is when I say, Corinne, I'm keeping you in my prayers. I literally stop and say a prayer for Corinne. How has your accident and what happened to you changed the way that you serve other people who are in need? So I'm just braver. I'm braver. I'm braver. I'm bolder. And I'm just braver. I was so worried about saying the wrong thing so often that I wouldn't do anything. I was so worried about doing the wrong thing that I wouldn't do anything. I was so caught up thinking that what I had to give wasn't good enough or wouldn't Mm -hmm. make enough of a difference that I wouldn't do anything. And that really stems from my perfectionism. And that's it. It stems from my perfectionism. And my perfectionism was keeping me from taking action. And I will show up imperfectly now, a, a lot braver. And I just, I feel like I know how much every meal, every text message, every little gift that's dropped by the doorstep, every, every small thing helps you get through the moment by moment, mm-hmm. right? And so I just, I don't hesitate to act. And I don't hesitate to think I'm not as good of friends with that person, so it's not my place. Yeah. Right? Where before I'd be like, oh, like, I'm I'm acting like Corinne and I are best friends and she's got closer friends to do these things for her. Oh, oh, that was another thing I'd be worried about. Like, I don't want them to think I'm trying to make this about me. So Mm -hmm. I would take myself out of it. Yeah. And that's making it about you still, Allison. It's still making it about you. And so I think what it's taught me how to do is just, it's freaking not about me. I, I don't think about, I try not to think about myself. It's not about me. Like somebody needs a meal, somebody needs something, just do it, do it imperfectly and do it right away. And don't, I used to be like, oh, they found this bad news out about their dad. I'm going to make them these perfect, big, beautiful cookies. Mm -hmm. And then I don't have time to make those cookies. And then a month passes and then I'm embarrassed and then I don't do anything. Yeah. Right. And now I order, I order you delivery cookies, period. Right. And and so that's, I think that's what it's just taught me is to take action quickly and confidently 
And I just, I feel just so much more confident helping. I, which is like such a beautiful thing. Like it's really empowering to feel confident helping. I feel really brave in conversations. I feel really brave in conversations with people who have gone through really, really horrible things Mm -hmm. where I probably would have not felt qualified before. The thing is, is you don't, because people send me messages and through coaching, I mean, I hear very horrible, awful things, very horrible, awful things. And before I would have been like, who am I to even hold space for this? Right. And now that's all I do is I'll, you just have to hold space for it. You don't have to give people answers. You don't have to fix anything. You just have to hold space for other people's pain. And when you hold space for other people's pain, it, it really helps a lot. I, I find, you know, that's a beautiful answer. And I so resonate with that, with a lot of the things that you said about, like, you don't have to be someone's best friend. It doesn't, you don't have to feel like, oh, I have to be at a certain level to qualify to help them or, and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be huge and it doesn't have to be your very best work. It just has to be something. Because you're going to find that you're going to go through something hard and the people who are closest to you might straight up suck at being there for you. Yeah. And they're good at being there for you in every other aspect of your life. And they might honestly suck at being there for you through this hard thing. And rather than get upset about that and be like, these specific people who I thought were going to show up for me didn't show up for me, you focus on all of the people who surprised you and came out of the woodworks and have this beautiful talent of knowing when and how to show up when people are in real need. And then when you're not in that need anymore, they might drift away again. And and that's okay too, because like, that's why there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Like that's why <laughs> we all have different talents and gifts. Really? That was such a beautiful answer. Thank you for that. Um, okay, my last question is if there, if someone was listening to this and they got so many good things, what's the one message that you want them to walk away from if they, if they only remember one thing? Um, I think if you only remember one thing, it's that your life experience is exactly perfect for what you need to serve on this earth. And so I think a lot of times people can feel unqualified to help or serve because they haven't gone through worse, or people can feel unqualified to help because they've gone through such horrible things, or they feel too broken, or whatever it is, we're all walking around thinking that our gifts or our talents are either too much or not enough, I think, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, just be brave it's not about you, and that's what service is. That's yeah. it. You're brave, and you make it not about you. And that's just been, I mean, nobody needed that lesson more than me. You know, all you have to do is show up without expectation and show up with love. And I really believe, like, your gifts that and your experiences are exactly what someone else needs. And that's it, right? Like, just be be braver in helping. Because there's vulnerability in helping, and that's why so many of us aren't doing it. It's not because we don't want to help. 
it's not because we really just think we're too busy. It's because we're scared we're going to do it wrong, yeah. I think. Maybe that was just me. Maybe that's just my experience. No, no. But yeah, and, and if people are like, I don't feel that way at all, then get down on your knees and be grateful because that's a gift. That is a freaking gift. And then hopefully this has helped you recognize you have an amazing talent. So and true. That's because lots of when we don't recognize things like that, it's because it's an inherent an inherent gift in us. And some people have that gift. And it's, I think, always cool when you get to recognize a gift you didn't realize you had. Like, you oh, know? this comes easily for me. Yeah. Yeah. So d- don't feel any way other than, yeah, good. You should feel great that it comes easily for you. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I love it. Well, Allison, this has been such a treat for me to hear about this experience for you, what it's taught you. You've taught me a lot today. So um, where can people find you if they loved this and they want more from you and they want to learn more from you? you. Um, Well, if they're listening to your podcast and they, you know, like to listen to me talk and talk, I have my podcast, Awesome with Allison. And you can find me online at The Allison Show. And it's always Allison with one L. Awesome. One L. And your Instagram is? Yes. Instagram is The Allison Show. Perfect. Okay. Thanks so much, Allison. I just, I sure love you. I love you, Corinne. Thank you so much. You're the absolute best. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.